So one of my favorite movies is an old movie called um, Jeremiah Johnson. Some of you older guys might shake your head and know Jeremiah Johnson. It's a great movie about this guy who is this farmer and living down on the flatlands and decides to become a mountain man back in the time when, you know, you're still riding horses and all this kind of stuff. And he gets up into the mountains and he goes through all the trials that being a mountain man could bring. And he he loses family members and he experiences great trials and tribulations about just trying to survive physically. He gets in physical altercations with others who are trying to take his life. I mean, you think about the, the vast spectrum of struggle and it all kind of gets encompassed in this movie and in a kind of a short period of time. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie is at the very end, this, this old mountain man who was kind of his mentor, his name was Bear Claw, and when this guy, Jeremiah Johnson, for, and it's actually partly a true story, the movie maybe doesn't have it all exactly right, but Jeremiah Johnson really lived, and when he comes up to the mountain, this old man named Bear Claw takes him under his wing and kind of helps him survive and teaches him some things. At the end of the movie, sitting up in the high country of the mountains with all this snow, old Bear Claw finds Jeremiah Johnson, and he used to call him Pilgrim because he was a pilgrim coming from the flatlands into the mountains, and he says to him, he says, you have come far, Pilgrim. And the great line is, Jeremiah Johnson goes, feels like far, feels like far. And then he says, was it worth the trouble? And Jeremiah Johnson goes, ha, what trouble, <laughs> what trouble. Sometimes it feels like far, doesn't it? Sometimes when Jeremiah Johnson says that, and I think back of that, that scene, and I think, what an honest answer, it feels like far. Many of us have come far. Some of us haven't struggled yet with things that feel like far. Some of us have been in things where in a short period of time, like this movie, it was only like a year, year and a half, and he says it feels like far. You've been through a lot. And so what we're going to do this morning is look at a passage that should give us some encouragement and strength as we think about all the things that life brings. But I wanted us to think as we start is we're talking about things that feel like far. Like we've come a long ways. We've been through a lot of things. And I want, I pray that today you'll leave with some comfort, some encouragement, some hope, and that you'll also take a look for those of us who are in a good season that we might be getting ourselves prepared for the moments that feel like far. You know, some of us with different colored hair have been through a lot of things and I can sometimes say, I've been through the far, I've been through the sweet, I've been through the, this is the most awesome thing ever to this is the hardest thing I've ever felt in my whole life, right? We, we, we will experience all of that vastness on this side of heaven. And is there anything in the scriptures that we can hold on to when, when we're going through the far parts of it, right? When we're going through the sweet and the awesome and the great, it doesn't seem that, that much of a need to hang on tight, right? It's the other side that we feel that need. So what I'd like to do before I uh, take this passage and just work our way through it, I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads, take 30 seconds, ask the Lord to speak to you today. I pray that this will be a message that will really be meaningful for us. Um, so pray for me as well, that I would preach it well. But let's just take a moment where we ask the Lord to speak to us today.
Lord, it's such a, a comfort to know that when we come to your word, we're not only going to have the word itself in front of us and a preacher trying to preach it, we're going to have your Holy Spirit working in both of those things through the word, through the preacher, and through us hearing. So we're asking now that your Holy Spirit would come and meet us where we're at. Each one of us is at a very different place today in our journey. Meet us where we are, and may your word come to us and through us and through the power of your spirit really work in us. And so that's what my prayer is today. In Jesus' great name, amen. So let's just take it like we normally do and work our way through it. Let's start with verse 3. The Apostle Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And again, we can go through these things so fast when we're just reading them. I get the chance to kind of slow it down, right, when I'm prepping for this message and studying and begin to see like just the little phrases and how important every word can be. And when he says blessed, he's simply saying praise be to God. You know, and when he's, when he's using a term like that, he is simply just saying the Apostle Paul is saying praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who is the author of all things, and he's the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he, this one who speaks forth and all things come into being, this one who is eternally existed, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And then he says that he's the Father of mercies. You know, all the mercies that we experience and all the mercies that exist are because of who God the Father is. He's the author of mercy. It's kind of a, a, a mind-blowing thing to think of, uh, of what he's saying here. He's the Father of mercies. That's why he says it the way he, he says it. He's the Father of mercies. He's the one that spoke forth and mercy exists. He's the one that mercy comes from his nature and character. He is a merciful God. That's important when we think about the need for comfort. Because then he says this, not only is he the father of mercies, and mercies come from him because that's who, who he is, it's his very nature, he is also the God of all comfort. So he's the father of mercies, but he is the God, he is the reign, he is the one who oversees all comfort. And when they're using comfort in this passage, and this is really important that you hold on to this piece as we preach, because I don't want to kind of remind you each time we come to comfort, but I'm going to do it a couple times. He's the God of all comfort, but when it says comfort, he means this. Strengthen, strengthening, helping, or making strong. We think of comfort as ease, and like I'm sitting over here in my comfortable chair. I'm in my comfortable clothes. I'm in my comfortable place. We think like ease and feeling good and safe and relaxed. When God says comfort, he's talking about strengthening helping and making strong. So the God of all comfort isn't the God who lets you sit in your favorite clothes over in your favorite chair watching your favorite show with no struggle in life. He's the God who says, when the hard things come, I give you strength, I give you help, and I will make you strong. And he's going to review this in the next couple of verses now. He's going to say that comfort several times. That's what I want you to think of when you hear the word comfort. Strength, strengthening, helping, making strong. So verse 4 then he says, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, who strengthens us, who helps us, who makes us strong when we're experiencing affliction. For what purpose? So that we might be able to comfort those in any affliction. So affliction is going to come. He's going to give us comfort, strength, help, make us strong, so that we can then endure and we might be able to help others in any affliction. And he's going to do that 
Now this is, this is really fascinating and powerful. With the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So he's going to comfort us in all affliction so that we might be able to help others who are experiencing affliction. And Paul says he's going to comfort us. He's going to strengthen us, help us, make us strong, which we ourselves are comforted by God. With, with the very things that, that God has been doing, strengthening, helping and make us strong, we've experienced that from God, and now we're going to use that to help somebody else. This isn't just that this has happened to me. I'm being strengthened now so that I can actually do something with it. And so he says he strengthens and helps and makes us strong. And this is what he says, who comforts us. This is a little word in verse 3, or verse 4, who comforts us in all our afflictions. All means what? All means all. There is not any afflictions where this is not ha- where his ability to bring us strength and comfort won't cover. He will make us strong and help us and strengthen us in all of our afflictions and all the things that potentially can happen. When you hear that word, all afflictions, I'm just going to pause for a moment and let you think of what he's talking about. What does all mean for you? What have you experienced? All the afflictions that come to us, the struggles the pain, the anxiety, and the things that you just filled in the blank. All of those afflictions, he is able to make us strong, to strengthen us, to help us, and to comfort us, and to help us get through those things. So that we might be able to strengthen and comfort and help others in those same afflictions. Here's one of the things I really hope that you'll take home today, is that we're not supposed to do this alone. This journey is not supposed to be alone. It is too heavy. It is too massive. It is too big. Pain and suffering and struggle and all of the things that we could fill in the blanks when we say those things are massive in the world we live in today. And we are not supposed to do it alone. And there is a God who can provide comfort. And then when he comforts us, he actually empowers us to help be the be the conduits to be the, the, what he uses to comfort others. So it's a beautiful picture. I get comfort, and then I'm going to comfort. That's what he's saying in verse 4. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions so that we might be able to comfort those who are any affliction, any affliction. There's nothing outside the scope of what he can deal with and what we're supposed to help each other with with the comfort which we are experiencing ourselves. He's going to strengthen us, make us strong, so that we can be strong and strengthened to help other people. And, and then he gets this really nuanced piece that I, I hope that you'll follow me with this because it's really important to see how all this works. So he's going to strengthen us and do all of that. And then this is what he says in verse 5. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering... So through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. Remember what comfort means. So while we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ, we'll abundantly share in the strength and the help and the being made strong that comes from Christ as well. This doesn't come from ourselves. I'm going to grit my teeth and try real hard. You've heard me say that so many times. This never works. What works is when something from the outside, the Spirit of God, comes along and helps us. 
And just like Christ was strengthened, just like Christ was helped, just like Christ was made strong so he could experience suffering, that same power is available for us too. So just think for a moment of a couple of the pictures of Christ's suffering. One of the first ones is that we looked at when we were going through Matthew, through the thread. We took a look at the temptation of Christ. Tempted in the wilderness by the devil. Tempted in every way that we were, we're told later. So on the one hand, he has experienced the, the profound depth of temptation. The devil standing right in front of him, tempting him with real temptation, real things that he could say yes to. And then throughout the rest of his journey, tempted on a regular basis to do things other than the will of the Father. He always did the will of God, never did his own will, and he, he did that consistently. And so one of the places where he suffered was with the power of temptation. See, what we always talk about, like, uh, how do you and I find relief from temptation? If we don't find relief from Jesus, we find relief from giving in, <laughs> right? Jesus never gives in, so he is fought through temptation all the time perfectly. And in that suffering, that is a type of suffering, the God from heaven comes down to earth and has to face human temptation. He gets his comfort and strength through the power that God gives him. Now you take it even farther when he goes to the cross, and there are several moments that you, if you look at the whole journey to the cross where he experiences this profound struggle of enduring the pain and the suffering that's going to come with the cross. The one is in the Garden of Gethsemane where he, he pleads with God for another way and he sweats drops of blood. But then he gets to the place where he's being, he's being persecuted and beaten. And do you know that the great temptation of Christ is that at all those moments, he could have called down legions of angels to deliver him. See, that's, he was tempted throughout that whole journey to say, okay, enough, it's over. Remember when they arrested him, he said, don't you know that I could call down legions of angels, Peter, put away that one sword. <laughs> I don't need you with your one sword. I got legions of angels that I could just call down right now. He doesn't give in to all of that. And he struggles and he suffers and he experiences this, all of the physical pain that he experiences at the cross. The comfort that Christ got from the Father, the strength that Christ got from the Father, the help that Christ got from the Father, the making strong that Christ got from the Father is the same comfort that is available to you and me. You see, that's what Paul's saying here in verse 5. That's what's so profound. That same comfort, Paul is saying, listen, church in Corinth, that same power, that same comfort, it's available to you too as you face persecution, as you face struggle, as you face hardships. It's, and it's a beautiful picture to go, well, I'm not just some kind of theoretical help. The same help that was there for Jesus to endure is there for me. The same com comfort. And he says, we share abundantly in the comfort. To me, that's awesome news. <laughs> it's good news that there is abundant comfort available just like there was for Christ. And then he says this, and you should see how many times the word comfort is in this passage. It's all over the place, right? Verse 5, if we are afflicted, this is Paul talking about himself and his colleagues, if we are afflicted, it's for your comfort and for your salvation. If we're going through hardship and pain and suffering, he says, it's so that you might be comforted, strengthened, that you might have help and be made strong. 
That's why we're enduring what we're enduring, so that you might be comforted and for your salvation. And then he says, if we're comforted, if we're strengthened, it's for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. He's saying, when you experience and you've patiently endured the same sufferings that we have, and that's why we did it, that's why we persevered through it, so we could experience a comfort and extend that comfort to you and help you understand how to go through those things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we won't unpack that today, but Paul shares the extent of his sufferings and all the things that he experienced. And if you know that passage, there's a lot of stuff he's been through. Beaten and shipwrecked and hungry and bit by snakes and all the stuff that he had gone through. And he says, I just endured all that so that you could see how to do it and then I could still bring this comfort to you. He says, I endured all that, the affliction for the comfort and salvation of all the churches that he planted. He was willing to go through all of that. Here's how one commentator put it. Our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now this, listen, if you've lost me, come back, because this is really important. God may allow situations in our life where our only consolation is found through Christ. Sometimes we think the only consolation, here it is, is found in a change of circumstances. But God wants, us to, console, but God wants to console us right in the midst of our difficult circumstances and to do it through Jesus Christ. Amen. Things are hard, what do I want? I want out. I want relief. I don't want to go through it. Some of you know God gave me the opportunity to work in some different environments like in the recovery world and prison ministry. And, but this is, applies to just years of ministry as well. And you've heard me say it before, but you cannot go around pain. You can only go through pain. If you go around pain, you're going to hurt yourself and others, right? That's what I saw in the recovery world. People with deep pain, let's use chemicals to try to get around it. Men in prison, deep pain, let's use violence, let's use chemicals, let's use you know, stealing things. Let's try some other way to medicate it. We try all kinds of ways to deal with the pain. The only thing that we can really do with pain that's productive and useful is to go through the pain. And we want out of the circumstances. And Paul is saying, listen, there is a great comfort that can help you through the circumstances. And it's not just theoretical. It's not just talking. It's real. A real power that can really help. Because all those other things are fake. <laughs> They're not real power. They're medications that don't work. And so he says, I want to be the, I, I have gone through them, and I want to show you how to go through them. It's amazing, again, Paul doesn't seek a different set of circumstances for himself, does he? Paul doesn't say, you know what, I kind of reached... I've been doing this long enough. I'm going to go retire over here in Athens somewhere. Or I'm going to go find a little Greek island because that's where he was living in the Mediterranean. And I'm going to like chill now here for the rest of the journey. He's not doing that kind of stuff. He doesn't seek different circumstances that would relieve his suffering. Or he doesn't, see, uh, doesn't uh, look for a different set of environment and different set of um, uh, people to deal with. He doesn't go, oh, Corinth, you guys are a mess over here. I'm going to go over and start something over here and just forget about you guys. 
What he wants to do is he wants to equip them to be able to patiently endure the suffering in the same way that he patiently endured suffering. That's what Paul wants to do. So listen, that's where I'm at today. As your pastor, I wish and I pray that you would never have to experience suffering. I truly do. I've been at this a long time. I've seen a lot of suffering. But I also hate to tell you, but you will have suffering. And some of you have it right now. I'd love to say, I guarantee you, you're never going to go through anything hard, but we know that's not true. If I'm going to be true to the word, I'm going to be true to life experience and a pastor that really is relevant in the real world, I want you to know that I wish you didn't have to experience suffering, but you will experience suffering. I wish I never had to experience suffering, but I have experienced suffering, and I will experience suffering again. But what I'm committed to doing, this is really important now, what I'm committed to doing is walking with you through it. I wish you didn't have to go through it, but you will go through it, and I want you to hear from the pulpit that I'm committed to walking with you through it. And here's what I'm asking you to do. What I'm asking all of us to do is that we'll commit to coming alongside one another and bearing one another's sufferings. And, and then what I want to do is equip you to endure it and equip you to, to be available and ready to help other people as they go through it. So here's the three things. I'm committed to walking with you through it. I'm committed to helping train and teach you from the scriptures how to endure it but we also have to commit to one another that we're going to walk with each other through this and that we're going to come by each other side by side and bear one another's sufferings as Christ bore his suffering and has borne your suffering. Christ bore suffering so that he could bear your suffering so then you and I can do both of those things, bear our own suffering and also to help others as we go through it. It's actually a beautiful picture, isn't it? especially if you're the one in the suffering right now, <laughs> to know that, that there is a way through it. And we're going to see in just a moment that the Apostle Paul even got to a place where he couldn't see a way through it. But I want you to know that I'm committed to that, and I want to ask you to be committed to that with one another as well. And then he says this in verse 7, Our hope for you is unshaken, Look at that. <laughs> For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you'll also share in our comfort. Hey, we're, we're unshaken because we know as you struggle with suffering, you're going to also experience the same comfort we're talking about. The strengthening and the help and the making strong that the Holy Spirit of God can do in our lives. So he's saying, hey man... Our hope for you is unshaken because we know that when you go through these hard things, there's going to be a massive comfort that's available to you. And he says, my hope is unshaken, not because I believe your circumstances are going to change or get any better. He actually tells them they might get worse. No, he says, because as you share in suffering, then you're going to experience the comfort, a comfort that can only come from Christ. So it's amazing what his logic is. His logic is, I'm not... I'm, I'm not here to help you get out of these bad circumstances. That's so important for us to remember. He says, I'm here to show you how to bear them with the same kind of power that Christ bore the suffering that he had. And because Christ did it, 
Now he will bear our suffering. Now he will bear, give us power to help one another bear each other's suffering. And this is what he says in verse 8. Verse eight For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experience in Asia. We want you to know we experienced affliction and it was bad. <laughs> and this is how bad. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. I'm pausing there for a moment because some of us may be there right now. Some of us can say amen to the fact that you've experienced this at some point in your journey. That you have been so utterly burdened and so utterly overpowered by the struggle and the things that are going on around you and have happened to you that you've despaired of life itself. The Apostle Paul is saying this. Now, we don't know all of what the afflictions were that he experienced in Asia, but he was so utterly burdened, the burden was so overwhelming, it was so great and heavy, it was beyond his strength to bear or to cope with it, and he despaired of life itself. He despaired both of life itself, and then also was, we believe he was wondering if he was actually going to be killed. So it's a two-sided thing, like, this is such a burden I just, I don't know if I can take it anymore. And then also I might be killed because I'm in prison and all the things that are going on. This is no little thing. It's a deep pain. The kind of pain that burdens you beyond your ability to bear it. And you want it to end no matter what the cost, no matter what it takes to end it. It's a deep and profound pain that is almost impossible to explain and to put into words. And that's why we're unable to carry it. And some of you have been there. And you know what I mean when, when, when I say it was impossible to put into words. You can't even explain to the depth of the, the despair that you were in. And then he tells us this in verse 9. Indeed, we felt that we'd received the sentence of death. We thought we were going to die. One way or the other. And then what does he say? You know, it's so, so important that we don't stop at the wrong places in Scripture, right? Because <laughs> if we stopped right there, we'd all be going, oh, okay, I'm glad we got a long weekend so I can try to think my way out of this. <laughs> now, listen to what he says. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. <laughs> we thought we were going to die, but guess what? We didn't. We thought we couldn't bear it. We despaired of even being alive. But all this happened so that we would be made ready to rely not on ourselves, but on God. Listen, not just God, God who raises the dead. All these phrases matter. What kind of dead? The God who raises all kinds of dead. The God who has the power to raise the physical from the dead. The God who has the power to raise the spiritually dead to new life. And listen to this. The God who has the power to raise the utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself from the dead. That's powerfully good news. And when you or someone you know is utterly burdened beyond our strength and they despair of life itself, we need to come back to a passage like this and say, guess what? God, who had the power to speak and raise Jesus from the dead, don't, don't gloss over these things. He speaks, and Jesus is raised from the dead. That's the same God that can speak and give you power and strength and help 
in your, when you're utterly in despair. That's why he says it like that. But the God, not just God, the God who raised from the dead, <laughs> that kind of power, when we're in utter despair, can raise us from that despair as well. That's why Paul says back in verse 3, blessed be God, praise be to God. And then he says this in verse 10, he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. He has delivered us from deadly peril. Here's one way to think of it. We set our hope not on new circumstances, but on Jesus who has delivered us from sin and eternal death. If he hadn't do that, deliver me from sin and eternal death, how much more can he deal with the circumstances that I'm dealing with? He will deliver us again by empowering us to endure the suffering set before us. Again, I want relief. I want to get me out of this. He's saying, I might not do that, but I'm going to walk with you through it. To me, the most powerful and beautiful piece of this passage, knowing that Jesus is going to walk with me right through it. He's not going to say, oh, this one's too tough for me. This one's messy. I don't like this. I'm going to head over here. He's saying, hey, I got you. And we all know the story of the footprints in the sand, right? He's not only got you, he's going to throw me up on his shoulder. <laughs> or he's going to hold me up like this and carry me through it. He's not going to leave me there. And then he says this, you also must help us by prayer. Isn't that a beautiful picture? You've got to help us because we despaired even to death. And we thought we were going to die and the hopelessness was deep. Would you help us by praying for us? You also help us by praying so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. As we pray for one another, there will be ways for us to give thanksgiving as we pray for one another and see one another persevere through things. Paul is saying, as you pray for us, many will give thanks on behalf of the blessings granted us through the prayers. As you prayed for us, we did endure. We didn't despair to the point of death. We did endure it. And now I'm writing you this letter. And guess what? Sometimes when you think about this stuff, it gets your brain just... 2,000 years later, we're giving thanks. We're giving thanks that Paul endured because a group of Christians 2,000 years ago prayed for him. That he would make it through and that he would be able to stand firm. And he says, many are going to be blessed by that. And sure enough, we are today. And he doesn't pray for the suffering to end. He prays for the power to endure it, so that many would give thanks on our behalf as they saw them endure it. Do you know anybody that you have known that has endured something that you would call suffering? Just think about it for a moment. I'm sure you have. I have. What, what do you do when you think about it? What, what comes to your mind? Do you think about, oh, those poor guys, they have to go through that? No, what, what goes through your mind? Like, man, that person, I just, I look to them and I go, wow. How did they do that? What did God do in their life? Right? When, when we see people, we're supposed to rejoice and celebrate and look and say, 
how did you do that? What did God do to help you get through that? Because I'm going to need to know that. Because when it's my turn, I want to know what God did and how God met you there. And man, when you've known people who've gone through small things that you might call suffering or massive things that you call suffering and they've come through the other side and are walking with Jesus in faith, it is a blessing. It gives me hope. And I go back to them in my thoughts sometimes. So what do we do with all this? This is a lot of things today. What do we do with all this? First, this morning, I know some of you are going through profound and deep pain right now. You are suffering and you're struggling right now. This is not theoretical for you. You're dealing with it right now. For you, I want you to hear this. First, the God of all comfort cares for you. And he wants to and he will strengthen you. He will help you and he will make you strong. I want you to know that you are not alone. That not only will God do all that through Christ, the body of Christ cares for you as well. And the body of Christ is not going to let you drown without you kicking and screaming, going down on your own, okay? (laughs) We're going to keep preaching and trying to grab you and hold on to you. You're not alone. And if this type of suffering and pain, if you're experiencing that right now, that leaves you even despairing of life, and I want to be really clear about this, if you're at that place, and if you get to that place somewhere down the road, I want you to remember these three things. First, talk to me, or talk to your city group leader, or even as simple as dial 988. If you are at a place where you are despairing of life itself, that is a powerful attack by the enemy who wants nothing more than to seek to kill and destroy God's people, right? And so I want to invite you, remind you, call you, talk to me, talk to a city group leader, even if you have to, if, if you feel like it's really hard to talk to somebody right now in person, use that 988 and call a hotline that will help talk you through to a place where we can have a better conversation. But that can happen in the church, and it happens all the time. So I want to make that clear this morning. Some of you are in a different season right now, and you've walked through some hard things, and you might be what you call on the other side of the pain. If that's you this morning, I want to invite you to praise the God of all comfort for the strength and help that he gave you. The God of all comfort who gave you strength and help in the midst of all of that, spend some time just praising him for that. And if that's you this morning where you feel like you have worked through and are kind of coming out the other side of that pain, be prepared for God to use you to be his instrument to bring strength and help and comfort to make others strong as they endure their suffering. Please just don't turn it inward Be ready for God to use it outward. Because we need you. We need you to be willing to help others. Because when we go through it, it's great when people come alongside and love on us, but sometimes when that person comes alongside that says, I've been there, there's a special kind of help that that brings. So the struggle and the suffering that you've experienced, don't let it be wasted. 
Let God use it to help others in the body of Christ. And then some of you today are at a place where maybe you really haven't experienced the kind of pain or suffering that we're talking about today. Certain stages of my life, I would have said, man, I really haven't had many really hard struggles like that. If that's you today, and that's okay, I want to encourage you to spend some time this week allowing this passage to settle deeply into your heart and mind. Spend some time. You know what we do sometimes, guys? We hear the message, and then we go home, and we think about it a little bit, and then we move on to our devotions throughout the week. Maybe for some of you, you want to spend all week in this passage. And just go back and keep mulling it over and let it sink deep in you. And for those of you who might be saying today, I really haven't experienced things to that level, then spend some time in this passage and, and just let it get deep so you've got a good foundation for when those things come. And let it be a resource for you that so when that day comes, you will endure trusting in the God of all comfort. Because again, there are times that maybe some of us, it just hasn't been to that level. And praise God for that. <laughs> Spend some time praising him for that, but also spend some time getting yourself ready for when that might look different. Most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life happened just four and a half years ago. Coming up on five now, I guess. Four. I was pretty old to have the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. I praise God. I had some painful things, but not like that, right? And so... When we're in those seasons, we praise God for those. But we also get prepared for the th things that will be hard and painful and difficult. Because on this side of heaven, that's where we're at. The beautiful thing is, on this side of heaven, there's still the spirit of the living God. And the spirit of the living God hasn't left us. He's here working. He's here trying to comfort us, strengthen us, so that when we go through hard things... We do it trusting in him, and like Paul said, relying on him, relying on one another, and using the struggles and pain that we've experienced to help one another. It's not an easy journey, is it, this side of heaven? But there's a lot of beautiful things in it that he wants us to rejoice in, and one of those beautiful things is the body of Christ helping each other through pain and struggle, through pain and suffering, loving on each other when we're going through it, all right? That's what I want to be known for. That's what I want Chester Park and Rock Hill to be known for. And that is going to be something that will reach people in our community as well. It's just a lot of pain and suffering out in our community. My wife has a coworker. They've just only known each other for a little while. But one day she started sharing with her the suffering that she's been experiencing through the loss of a loved one. And now they talk on a pretty regular basis at work about that. And I'm thinking, wow, there's my wife, you know, connecting with this lady at work who's experiencing profound suffering and pain. And what's connecting them is her profound suffering and pain and Sherry's willingness to listen and talk about it, right? I expect, I'm praying, I might see her in church someday. <laughs> I'm praying for that because of just that care and concern. How about you today? Reach out to those you need to reach out to if you're in struggling and having great pain today. If you've gone through something, be ready, watch, and looking for others that are going through it. It's a beautiful thing as Christ ministers to us and we minister to one another in his name. As we close this morning, I'm just going to invite you to take a moment of quiet, and we're going to take communion today. 
because we're going to remember that Christ experienced profound suffering on the cross so that he could experience the comfort that God could give him. And now that same comfort he will give to us. A profound comfort. God on the cross. God the Father comforting God the Son on the cross. That same power is available to you and me to comfort us in our times of trouble.